Welcome to Conversations with Coley, where we have conversations about subjects we think about but often don't speak about. My name is Nicole Miller, and I'm the author of this book series, A Through Z, Guide to Raising a Good Human, a series I wrote to help in the communication process. Welcome back to another episode of Conversations with Coley. Today, I'm speaking with money coach Eileen Joy. Eileen is a host on her own podcast, Moms Who Money, available on all listening platforms. Welcome, Eileen. Thank you so much, Nicole, for having me here today. This is going to be so much fun. I know. Thank you. And I can't wait to learn all that you have to share with us. But first, let's start with our icebreaker question. If you could rid the world of one thing, what would it be? I have a list. Let's see. <laughs> hmm. I guess hate. Yes, that was going to be mine. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I, I bet you a lot of people would agree. Agreed. <laughs> so tell us all about yourself. Where should I start? Well, let's see. I, I'm a single mom and my son is 10. I was divorced when he was five. And so I found myself at that time, at the end of my divorce, completely just broken. I was broken. And all through the process of my divorce, I, I felt very lost and I was going to therapy and I was finding therapist after therapist after therapist who was not very helpful. And then eventually I ended up going on meds, which I don't even keep Tylenol in my house. So, right. Right. And I didn't want to go on meds, but I was going through such a tough time that at the time I, I said, okay, let's just try it. And so then I became this zombie robot. Mm. And then at the end of my divorce, I was left with nothing. Mm. And it was amazing because I had to sell my house to pay for my divorce. I had to get a new job because at the time I was working with my sister-in-law, now ex-sister-in-law, who was trying to make my life miserable at work. And so I had a great job, but I needed to leave. It was just becoming this really toxic environment. So... I left and thankfully I found another great job. And then my son and I got into a car accident that totaled my car and we both ended up in the hospital. Oh my and gosh. I know. This was all happening at the same time. Yeah. And also at the tail end of a bankruptcy. Oh my so gosh. by the time that my divorce was final, I received a check in the mail from my attorney's office because they had seized everything from me. Everything. I had told them up front how much money I had and they said, oh, okay, whatever. And they never said anything about it ever since. And then when I ran out of money, they started to harass me and tell me they would stop services and they seized everything. And I had to sell my house and they just took all the money and held on to it until the divorce was final. And I was sent a check for $347. And, and that's that was, all you have. Yeah, that's all oh. I had left in the world. And I would have gotten tens of thousands of dollars from the sale of my home. Yeah. But they took it. And so at that point, I said, okay, I'm now a single mom with a five-year-old. What What the hell am I going to do? You know? Yeah. And then I went through the woe is me, woe is me period. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't blame you. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and thankfully, I was in therapy at the time, and I was able to get through it. And I picked myself up, and I said, okay, I got I to figure this out. And I did. And yeah. so... Here I am now, the money coach for moms, and yeah. it's my life has completely, completely turned around. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about 
how you started to kind of pick the pieces up and where you started from. Yeah. So I'll tell you from the day of my aha moment, because, you know, we all have those aha yeah. moments that pick us up, right? And kind of kick us in the butt and light the fire, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my moment was the day that I spoke with my financial advisor, and that's air quotes, right? So <laughs> yeah. there was this girl that uh, I had met at a networking event years prior, and she was a financial advisor, and we became friends. And we started hanging out and having sleepovers and going out to eat and doing all kinds of things together. And then she said, you know, I can help you, blah, blah, blah. And so at the time I had given her the money that I had rolled over from my 401k from that job that I had to leave. Yeah. And my grandmother had also passed away and left me some money. So I didn't want to spend it. Right. So I gave it to her and I said, okay, take this money and grow, like, let it grow, 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 <laughs> grow, grow, grow. And so she, her, her job as the financial advisor was investing. That was just yeah. what she did and nothing else. So she took my money. She had it for years and we had this one meeting every year. We would have a meeting and we would talk about the year prior and blah, blah, blah. So we had this one meeting and during the meeting, I didn't understand a word she said, and I never really had. I always was just taking it all in and just saying, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I'm not broke See you next year. <laughs> right. Right. And I would just kind of keep my head in the sand and not really. And I would say to myself, well, she's taking care of it for me. I don't have to worry about it. But this particular year, she just kept saying the market was so amazing. It was so great. And it was so fabulous and all these things. And my money didn't really grow at mm. all. And my money hadn't really grown at all. And I think she had about five years oh. and it didn't really grow very much at all within that time. And so I asked her, well, where's my money? If the market was so amazing, how yeah. come my money hasn't grown? And to this day, I don't remember what she said to me. I don't know if she was lying to me. I don't know if she was telling me the truth because I don't know what she was saying. I didn't understand money. Right. And I felt very shameful and embarrassed about it and stupid. I just mm. felt stupid, you know? And so I hung up with her and that was the day. I said, I need to figure this out. Enough is enough. I just need to figure this out. I can't let someone handle my money for me and not understand what's going on. Yeah. So I let her go. And I said, I'm going to figure this out for myself. And so I immediately went to Google, you know, <laughs> Google University, right? Yes. And <laughs> I was even more confused because there's just so much information out there. Right. And it's very conflicting. And it just was more confusing to me. So I stopped with the Google University and I started listening to podcasts. I would just look up money. And so there were some that were way over my head that I just had no idea what they were talking about. And I was just going one after the other, after the other, after the other. And I said, forget this. I'm just going to read. You know, so I just picked up a book. I went to the library and I picked up a book and that's how I started. And so from that point, I ended up reading over 200 books. Holy. I know. More than two. So you, you went to college and then some. Exactly. And I always say, I read the book, so you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, so I read all these books and some were great and some were not so great, you know, and I, same thing as the internet, you know, it's just, you, yeah. you take what you want and leave what you want. So I just dove, I dove headfirst into it. 
and I learned, I asked questions, I got help, I did all the things. And I went from just barely surviving, basically bankrupt and broke, to now thriving. And so that all of my friends started asking me, what did you do? This is crazy. You did this in such a short amount of time because I had basically nothing. Right. And thankfully, because I had that great job, I was able to turn my life around very quickly. So I had to buy a new car right, because of my car accident. So I had gotten a six year car loan because I wanted to extend those payments for as long as possible. Right. right. So I was actually able to pay that car off in three years. Oh, wow. And I had a fully funded emergency fund. I was completely debt free. And now I'm on track to retire early. And all within this, I taught my son. I taught my son all about money. So now he's 10. He was five at the time I got divorced. He's 10 now. And within this time, he has learned so much. And I have now set him up for life so that uh -huh. he will now be a multimillionaire by the time that he's my age. And he will never have to worry about money. And I have stopped the pattern now of me not knowing about money. My son now knows about money. And now he can continue that pattern on forever by yeah. you know, teaching. And so it's amazing because he knows more about money than most adults. It's yeah. amazing. That's great because, I mean, we need to know more about money. And that's the whole thing is a lot of people are able to make it, but they can't hold on to it, invest it well. So then by the end of their life, they're sitting there. I watched my grandparents do this and I found out later it was because they didn't prepare for their future, but they would make, they were middle-class, upper middle-class and making great money, side money, money coming in all, all directions. And then when they hit a certain age and got sick, all of a sudden, no more money is coming in. Now they're living, they're almost having to go to food pantries. And I thought, why do you work? for so long and so hard and then at the end of your golden years when it you know it, you're suffering and you have to go to a food pantry because you can't afford food now so yeah, yeah it's hugely important so let's say this let's start with the feelings of disparity you know when you were in it in that situation and you were broken and you were in living paycheck to paycheck or penny to penny, how did you move past those feelings to kind of say, okay, I'm going to take a handle on my life? Well, it was that aha moment day, right? So that right. lit a fire. And I'm the type of person that if a fire is lit, stand out of my way. Okay. Because I will do anything and everything to make whatever it is that I'm passionate about or my mission at the time happen. That's just yeah. my personality. So that's what I did. That's why I started reading all the books and doing all the things. So the first thing that I did uh, was create a spreadsheet. And I was so proud of my spreadsheet. It was a beautiful spreadsheet. It had all these amazing formulas and it was beautiful. And I still had no idea what I was doing with my money, but I was putting everything on there, but I was just watching it away. Yeah. And I still didn't understand how to manage it. And so I, there was still more months at the end of the money for me because I was a spender and all I did was spend it. Right. So even like the same thing with what you were saying is we have all this money, but it just goes away. Yeah. And 
so that's when I noticed after a while of me just kind of tracking my money and watching it go away and and I had it color coded right so if I had no money and it was negative it turned red so there was a lot of red on my spreadsheet and I was just looking at it saying to myself this is not okay something's wrong you know and right. so that's when I really started diving into how do I manage my day-to-day -day money so I get my paycheck and then what right right because what most people think is you get your paycheck, you pay your bills, and then you have about this much left over, this little tiny bit left over, and then you hope that you have enough money left for groceries, gas, and maybe a fun night out. Right. And then there's more months left at the end of the money, so then you start using your credit cards to finish out the month, and that's how the debt starts to like creep in really slowly. Mm -hmm. And it happens so slowly that all of a sudden you say to yourself, oh my goodness, how did I get here? Yeah. And then you feel stuck. And that's when the despair and the scarcity and the lack and all of those feelings come in because all of a sudden it happens. It feels like it's like out of nowhere, even though it was slowly creeping in. And then you feel like you're never going to get out of it. And mm -hmm. that's how I felt. Yeah. That's exactly how I felt. So I figured it out. I figured it out. I, I tried all these little things. I would try something, see if it worked. You know, if it didn't, I would tweak it, you know, and I just created this program for myself, you know, because mm -hmm. that was my mission. My mission was to help myself and my son. I had yeah. no, no idea that I would end up where I am right now. You know, no idea. I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking about what is Eileen going to do? Right. You know, how do how I get I gonna... out of this situation now? Exactly. So I just, kept reading and reading and asking questions and doing all the things and just tweaking what I was doing. And then it turns out that my friends wanted me to help them. And I did the same thing with them. And I said, well, this is what works for me. Let's do this, you know, and I helped them. And then they were getting the same results. Mm. And so instead of paying all of your bills first, right, that's the last thing that you're supposed to do. The first thing is pay yourself. Mm -hmm. And that was the thing I never understood how to do. My ex-mother-in-law used to say that, and I never understood that either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's what I teach. So I teach all of that. I teach, I teach so much. I teach more than, I just teach it all. Everything that I've learned, everything that is in my head is what I teach, because this is what we need to know, because yeah. we don't learn about money in school. They do not no. teach this in school, mm -mm. right? And in my opinion... I think it's just because of the generations, right? We have these generational patterns. So I talk a lot about our money story and yes. our money story originates from when we're little. So from the time that we're age zero to seven is when we're conditioned. That's when all of our messages are received, money or not, whatever it is, everything in our life, right? So we learn everything from our parents and we learn everything from our environment and we just take in all these messages and then they live in your subconscious. And then that's just how you operate. So you learn money from your parents. Mm -hmm. They learn money from their parents. They learn money from their parents and their and backwards and backwards and backwards. So that all of these now generational patterns of money now keep moving forward and shifting and changing, but no one's really ever teaching anyone about it. We're just learning through our subconscious. We're just winging you, it. Exactly, exactly. And, and we don't know because we're just, living through our subconscious yep. and we don't know that we're not doing it properly because no one ever said that you aren't you know so what i do is when i first start working with my clients we work a lot on the money story where the root cause of 
everything that has happened to you up until this point with your money. And lots of times, you know, your money affects everything else in your life. So we do a lot of life talk too, as well, because it affects everything, right? right? So we go through all of that, get to the root cause of how and why and how all of these things have come to be now. And then we're like, okay, now we can take this. We understand where we are right now and we can change our choices and we can change our habits and we could move forward. And we do one little thing at a time. I do it in baby steps. And I teach all the women that I work with just like I teach my son. Mm-hmm. It's so easy that my 10 year old can do it. Right. right. So we do little baby steps and I teach you, okay, we have to take a whole look at your whole picture because everyone's personal finance is personal, right? Cause personal finance is personal. Right. No one makes the same amount of money. No one has the same lifestyle. No one has the same bills. No one has the same anything. Right. So a lot of people will say, Hey, I just got my tax return. What should I do with it? And then I say, I don't know. I don't know because I don't know your whole picture. Right. You know, some people will say, well, go spend it, go save it, go invest it, go on a vacation, you know, all these different things. But if I don't know your whole financial picture, I can't give you that advice. Right. I need to see it all. Right. So once what once we we break through all of that, the patterns, right, then we dive into the money. So then we say, OK, this is this is everything. This is what we've got. Now let's create the plan. Mm-hmm. Right. So then we get paid. And then we say, okay, we have four buckets. These are the four buckets. I make this so easy, okay? So think of the four buckets. We have saving, investing, giving, and then spending, okay? So we just put the money in the four buckets. And so we figure out from your picture where and how much of that goes in each thing Right. Because we have to take a look at what your expenses are. What's your what are what you know, how much money do you owe? What are your debts? Mm-hmm. All of the things. And then what are your goals and dreams? Mm-hmm. Because we still want to have fun. Right. So I teach you how to spend and save and pay off your debts all at the same time. Right. Because a lot of people think that you have to pay your bills off first before you can start saving. And that's why no one's saving. Right. That's true. That is so true. So what do you say to someone who says, okay, I have now incurred more debt than I actually am bringing money in. How does that person get on the right track? It's easy. It's the same with anything else. Whether you have a tiny amount of debt or a lot of debt, it's just the amount of time that it'll take you to pay it off, but you're still going to be paying it off while you're saving. So, because everyone thinks I have to pay this debt off, it's going to take me forever and then I can save. Yeah. Right. And so the reason why we do this is very simple. So think about you're focusing just on paying down your debt, right? Mm -hmm. And you're not saving anything and and you're freaking out because there's more month at the end of the money and all you're doing is paying your debt and you have these high interest rates on your cards and then an emergency happens and you have no cash. Mm -hmm. So you have to put it on the card. Mm-hmm. Right. So then you're just incurring more debt. Mm-hmm. Right. So you've worked really hard to get to where you are paying down your debt. And then all of a sudden you're kind of back to where you started from. And it's like I call it yo-yo moneying. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like yo-yo dieting. And I, I always compare weight loss with money because I was an overweight kid. I was an overweight adult. I was an overweight person for a very long time. I dieted my way, yo-yo dieted my way up to 245 pounds. 
and I was completely miserable. I was the fat girl in school. I just, my mom would have me on a diet. I would yo-yo, yo-yo, yo-yo. And I was never smaller than a size 12, even in elementary school. I was always large. And so I know the mindset all around weight loss and health is the exact same mindset as money, mm. right? And so you get into these same cycles, right? Because people don't want to go on a diet because, right. air quotes diet, because you feel like you're going to be deprived. People don't want to budget their money because you feel like you're going to be deprived. Right. But no one really understands what that word budget really means. People just, you know, people out there say, you know, money doesn't grow on trees and people that have money are greedy and all these things, right? And then or, the word budget tight. comes up. Yeah. Right. Right. Or whatever it is, fill in the blank, right? Everyone has heard something different. Everyone has that same soundtrack playing in their minds, mm -hmm. right? And that's your money story. Yeah. Right. So we reprogram that. So you don't think like that anymore, right? We, we go from thinking that way to thinking with living with abundance, right? And the budget is not living in deprivation. The budget is you. That's, that's your superpower is you getting to tell your money what to do, right? So that's the plan, right? So the plan is the budget, right? So that word that triggers, it's such a trigger word, right? So diet, it's a trigger word, budget, trigger mm -hmm. word, right? You, you have the same feelings, yep. right? So when we reprogram that in your mind to saying, okay, I, I empower myself to tell my money what to do. So we put it in those four buckets, right? Instead of just doing the one bucket of paying the bills yeah. and then ignoring all the other buckets, right? So when we get our paycheck, we immediately put it into the buckets and we're telling our money what to do. And you're saying, you're, you know, you're going to be saved. You're going to be invested. You're going to go to this and you're going to, you know, and you're going to tell it what to do. And I help you set that up so that you're empowered now with a financial education. And then you can teach your kids mm -hmm. and you stop that generational pattern. Right. Because that's really what it is. If you're raised with a, an overspender, you are, you are also going to be an overspender. Yes. Plain and simple. Yes. Are there things that people can do when spending their money, like on groceries? Do you kind of talk about smart spending? Of course. Yeah. Actually, groceries, it's, it's so interesting that you say that because I started teaching my son about money in the grocery store because it's actually the easiest place mm -hmm. to teach about all things money concepts. And I actually have my son do money challenges all the time. I challenge him to spend his money and I take him to the store and I teach him how to do it. I give him his allowance in cash and digitally and I teach him how to use both. Mm. And it's so interesting because you have to know how to spend your money properly mm -hmm. because that's part of the whole picture. That's one of the four buckets, right? We need to know how to use all the four buckets. Right. And so spending is only one part of it. Right. And usually spending is where everything goes to, you know, to hell. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right? Everyone with their retail therapy, right? Go to Target yes. for one thing and come out with a shopping cart filled with things you didn't really want. Yeah. So, yeah. So spending is so important. It's so, and that's part of telling your money what to do. Mm -hmm. Right. So with groceries and things like that, it's so easy because, you know, we just create these little steps of make a list, stick to your list. Right. We have an amount that we want to just save for just groceries. 
and we stick within that because if you stick with your list, you'll stick within your amount. You know, don't go to Target and grab 27 things you don't need. You just stick mm -hmm. to your things like that. And it's just really learning new habits. Same thing with weight loss, right? Eating differently, all the different things. And it's not, and the cool thing is that it's not deprivation. And, and it's once we reprogram that way of thinking, money becomes easy. Mm -hmm. And that's what I do. I make money easy because you have to reprogram the way you think about life and money to be able to move forward with spending it properly, with saving it and doing all the things. Exactly. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah 100%. Um, I know a lot of people who will say to me, because I'm huge into like making my dollars stretch. I mm -hmm. can go in and spend $50 and come out with three times as much as someone who may come out with three or four items. Be and we can mm -hmm. shop the same stuff. I used to do it with my boyfriend. We would go to Sam's Club and I would pay for some things and I'd be taking out a bunch of items. And he'd be like, let me pay for some stuff. Let me pay for some stuff. I knew what I was doing. I was taking the, the most of the items, but they were the lesser value of the items. So I would have mm -hmm. six bags. I would pay $100. He would have four items and pay 200 and be like, how did you do that? But that's what it all yeah. boils down to. And it's hard to explain to people that if you kind of analyze where you're spending your money, are you getting the full value of that dollar? A lot of people go, yeah. a dollar and this is, is one dollar. of the lessons. Yes. And one of the lessons that I taught my son early on was about unit price. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because I'll explain what that is. So unit price simply is the price that you pay for the item and on the um, on the little label that's on the shelf, it'll say the price of the item. And then in the tiny little corner at the top, it'll say unit price. And mm -hmm. that is how many units are in the box or in the case that it comes in. And so it just divides by the number of items that were in the case by the number by the price. Right. So it'll tell you price per pound or price per fluid ounce or whatever. So you can compare the name brand versus the generic brand. And you can look at the two and say, oh, well, if I buy the generic brands, I'm paying 50 cents per pound. And if I'm buying the name brands, I'm paying a dollar per pound. Hmm, let's see which is the better choice, right? Yeah. So that's what I teach my son in the grocery store. So he now immediately looks at the unit price and all of those different things. Right. And so there was actually one day I will never forget it. It was so interesting because there's this one supermarket that I love to go shopping right near my house. It's a farmer's market and I like to buy organic. So the lot of the things that I purchase are way more expensive mm -hmm. than yep. generic items and different things. So I'm always power shopping on organic and, you know, scouring the sales and all the things. So especially chicken because chicken and beef and all those things are very expensive, especially the organic, uh, yes. or the, you know, the, the non-hormone kind. Yeah, the healthy mm -hmm. option, right? Mm -hmm. So one day there was a sale going on and I was looking, they always have a sign saying this is the price per pound on this, right? So I look at the sign and then I look at the packages. They're always mismarked. Every single time, always mismarked. And so if you look at the package, don't just look at the price of the chicken, the total price. Look at the unit price and mm -hmm. look to make sure that it matches the sale price. They, I'm not kidding you. This is actually, this happens all the time. Other things happen too. Like you go and you look at the shelf and it says 
a dollar fifty or whatever. And then I always go to self checkout. I check myself out mm -hmm. and I look at the prices and I remember all the prices because I am putting them in my calculator while my son, I have my son do that. My son does yep. the calculator and he helps me do all, do all the things. And I put him to work while we're shopping. So what'll happen is we'll get to the register and the price doesn't match the price on the shelf. It's always more. Mm -hmm. And then I'm always having the, the girl come, Hey, can you fix this? This doesn't match the shelf. And then they don't believe me. They think I'm lying and they have to go check yes. and they realize I'm not lying. Plus I take pictures now because I'm so, I do it somehow. <laughs> this is what yeah. it says on the show. But you have you know, to, yeah. You have to. And so there was one time I was looking at chicken. This is so, this is crazy. I was looking at the chicken and it was supposed to be whatever, like three forty nine a pound. And I found some that were listed as two ninety nine a pound. So I was like, Oh, are there more? So I was grabbing <laughs> all of those, right? You know, for organic chicken that's unheard of. Yeah. They were all wrong. But then I saw ones that were five forty nine a pound, six forty nine. They were all wrong. And none of them, not one, matched the sale price on the on the sign. Yeah. It was very interesting. Yeah. It was great. So you really have to be careful. Well and I found too, because I'm like you. I pay attention to what the item costs, what the clearance price is and all the different sales. And I will call them out. But a lot of people don't want to make a ruckus. And yeah, so make a ruckus, make a ruckus because <laughs> the companies yeah. are winning. If you exactly. do not correct them, they are getting those extra pennies. And yes, you may say, oh, it's only an extra 60 cents. But in the long term, 60 cents times 10 times. That's six bucks. Yeah, and they're getting that from every single person that's shopping, not just you. And exactly. that's your money. That's your money. Yes. That is your money, right? So pay attention. That's number one. I always tell everyone awareness is key because without awareness, you can't make change. Exactly, exactly. And I think it is very important to teach children, especially because, mm -hmm. you know, he's not, your son's not far from 18, eight years. He's going to be out on his own. My children, same thing. They need to know that you have to pay attention to those unit prices and do the math because if they can get one over on you, they will. And most consumers, Every time. yeah. And most consumers are just grabbing and going because they're in a hurry. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. No one's paying attention. So explain why money is considered taboo. Taboo. It's one of those subjects like sex, religion, politics. It's those it's one of those subjects that it's a trigger, right? Money's taboo. People don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. Money and sex are the ones that most people don't talk about. Religion and politics are highly spoken about, but cause the hate, right? Yeah. And money and sex are both very important topics. We need those in our lives, right? But no one talks about them and everyone feels shame and embarrassment and guilt and all these feelings, anxiety around these subjects that are so important, right? And it all goes back to our money story. Mm -hmm. It all goes back to our money story. And so how you live in your home growing up is how you will live forever because that's how you were conditioned. Until now, now that, you, now that everyone listening today has heard this, you cannot unhear this, right? right. So now moving forward, you need to make the different choices, right? And so now you're aware. Now you're aware of your money story. My money story, really quick, was a house full of spenders. That's why I became a spender. My mom was a spender. She still is a spender to this day. And she's always complaining about the bills. My whole life, 
All I saw was her spending, maxing out credit cards, and then complaining about the bills. And in my mind, I would say, well, you wouldn't have all those bills if you would stop spending money. Yeah. <laughs> and then my dad, was a, he had a gambling addiction. And so they were both spending money, but in very different ways. So in my house, there was never any money. There was a lot of money. They both had great jobs. They both brought in a lot of money, but it was always disappearing. Mm -hmm. They were just spending it on things, different things, but things. And it was just always gone. So in like the way that I grew up was to learn just to spend and get a credit card and do all the things and just you get the money, you spend it, you get the money, you spend it. And then you complain about the bills. Like, that's just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so that's, you know, ultimately what led me and my ex-husband to bankruptcy because we both were spenders and yeah. so, you know, all of the things. Do you think that it had anything to do with society wise, we were conditioned to keep up with the Joneses. And yes. I think some people still do. There's a small generation of younger people who are kind of getting it right. They're reducing the size of the homes that they live in. They're living more simple lives. They're not consuming as much. Yeah. Um, how does one get out of that mindset of the keeping up with the Joneses? Are we allowed to curse on this? Podcast? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Fuck the Joneses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck okay. are they? <laughs> Thank you. Because I've been wanting to say that since I sat down. So yes. I preach about the Joneses. I've done podcast episode after podcast episode about those Joneses. So actually, I actually did research about the Joneses and where the hell did they come from? Because yeah. I was curious. Right? Google University. I Google everything. And you can find anything on Google, right? You can find lies. You can find, you know, fake news, all the things. But with the Joneses, I found out that it was actually a cartoon comic strip back in the 50s. And that's how it started. Mm. So it was this woman, a housewife at the time in the 50s, who was jealous of her neighbor, of everything they had. And they were called, the neighbors were the Joneses. And so the comic strip was all about this woman trying to outdo her neighbor. Mm. And that's ultimately how it started. And so over time, it evolved into what it is now with social media, which now is completely blown out of proportion Yeah, because you, I could talk for three hours just about this, but hey. <laughs> you know, it's, it's craziness how just social media in general is what causes so many women to feel less than first yeah. of all, which throws us into therapy, which throws us into depression, which just makes us feel like we're not good enough because that's your reality. And what I have noticed, especially being a mom of a small kid, is that when I'm at the playground, all of the moms are sitting on the benches on their phones. I'm sitting here looking at my phone right now. I'm like, this is what they are. They're just sitting here looking at their phones, scrolling away, not paying attention to anything. <laughs> I am one of the only moms actually playing yeah. on the playground and having fun and spinning all of the kids because all the mom on the spinny oh, thing, right? All the kids are all like, the moms spin me, are... spin me. Yeah. And right. they see you and... playing with your son. Yes. And so your phone, all of your devices, all of these things have become your reality. Mm -hmm. Real life is not your reality anymore. So all you see is what you have on your feed, right? So if you, it, you can actually change your reality by changing what you have on your feed, mm -hmm. right? So I have blocked people. I have unfriended people. I have changed the different pages that I follow, all these things so that I receive positive messages every single day. Yeah. And I don't 
look at the hate. Like in the beginning, you asked me, right? Hate. I cannot stand that. I don't want to see that every day. I don't want to start my day and every time I look at my phone, see about all these really awful things going on around the world. So I just ignore it. Yeah, you want to consume nutritious content. I am huge about that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So change your reality. You can even take a break from social media for a little. Take a break. Put your phone down for a week. Go enjoy your family. Yeah. You know, go do something fun with your kids. It's amazing. My son and I, we go outside all the time. We actually, yesterday, well, two days ago, I don't even know what day it is anyway. <laughs> we just <laughs> made, um, we went outside and we were picking things up off the ground. We were finding these really pretty things in nature, like flowers that have fallen on the ground or like these beautiful berries and different leaves and whatever. And we were collecting them. And then we ended up making a sun catcher. Oh, wonderful. We, I had this clear contact paper and we just stuck it to the contact paper. We folded it over. We put a hole in it and hung it up in my porch. Mm. And like, you know, we do all these projects. We do things. And if I was just sitting there on my phone and if he was just sitting there playing video games, we never would have had that experience. And that's just right. one little thing, you right. know. So just put your phone down. Change your reality. Take a break. You know, all the Joneses, they're all on the phone. You know, mm-hmm. and that's what's making you feel like less than mm-hmm. and that you have to go buy that thing because Sally has it. Yeah. And you know what? Sally's not paying your bills. Mm-hmm. Right. The Joneses don't pay your bills. You pay your bills. There's so many people that are house poor because they feel they have to buy a house they can't afford and to fill it with all the things they can't afford and then to buy the boat and the car and the this and the that just because everyone else has it. But Mm -hmm. you don't know what they're going. You don't know if they're maxing out their cards to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's really what's happening. Mm -hmm. It's really what's happening. And then people are filing for foreclosures and bankruptcies and, you know, they can't pay their bills and it's, it's awful. It's awful. It's just a complete epidemic. It is. And it's very true. People are too busy looking at what other people have, not realizing that deep down in their mailbox is credit card statements out the rear end. So now there are a group of 20 somethings. I think they they range between 25 and a little bit younger who are like, that's ridiculous. What are y'all doing? They kind Mm -hmm. of have it together because they're doing it in a way when I hear about how some of them are living their lives and spending their money and enjoying Mm -hmm. their experience here on this earth. I'm like, y'all have it figured out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My generation, it was the 90s and you had to do, you know, I was a young mom in the 90s. So it was, oh, so-and-so has a brand new car. And so we have to have a brand new car and we better get a dog because they have a dog and we better go on vacation because they go on vacation. And it was just, it's a whirlwind of chasing your tail and feeling lesser than because you don't really have that money. Exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. A lot of people say, I'll just do this now and worry about it later. Yeah. But yeah. the problem is going to be when you're ready to retire and you have nothing saved and then you realize I can't retire. Mm-hmm. So think about what age do you want to retire? How much longer do you want to be working? Mm-hmm. Right. And then think to yourself, how much money do I have now? Am I going to have enough money saved for then? Do you even know how much money you're going to need then? Right. Because you don't want to have your kids move out and then it comes time for you to retire and you can't, and then you end up living in their basement. Yeah. I don't want that. Yeah. (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) (laughs) So what about people that are like my age? I'm 45. Maybe I'm not ready for retirement yet. I'm not even 
tried to prepare because life just didn't throw me that kind of an opportunity and I was always in debt and whatever. Is it too late for me? Not at all. Not at all. I started at 44 when I got divorced. I was 44 when I got divorced. I'm 49 now. Oh, girl, I thought you were the same age as me. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. that, That gives somebody like me hope because I used to, when I... When I got my first divorce, I was 25, and I did a five-year plan. Oh, I'm going to go to college, and I'm going to be a nurse. And that's not what shook out, because life is life. It throws Mm -hmm. things at you. And as I got older and older and closer to 40, I literally had a breakdown at age 35, because I was not where I wanted to be in my career. I was not anywhere near where I wanted to be in my finances, because I was still raising two young kids. I had seven kids total. So I had a big family. I know. (laughs) Talk about debt. (laughs) But I had like this overwhelming sense of I'm never going to be able to retire. I'm never going to I worked in Florida. So, you know, you see all the snowbirds and and they're enjoying their life. And I thought I'm never going to have that. So talking to you gives me hope. <laughs> yes, it is possible. It yeah, is. Yeah. The older you are, obviously the less time you have. So the more you have to start right, right now. Yeah. You know, you can't wait. Right. Stop waiting. Right. Just start. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And the, lo- the younger you are, you still have to start. Mm-hmm. You still have to start, but the longer, the longer time you have to save. And so you don't have, like the older you are, you have to save more, a larger amount per month to save for the retirement, right? And the younger you are, like my son, he's only saving $25 a month to put in in his investment account. He already has thousands and thousands of dollars. Right. right? And then the compounding effect over the years, he'll have millions because once he starts working, he'll be putting way more than $25 a month. But he also has money. He's also saving cash for a car. He's going to buy his own car. I'm not going to buy him a car, right? He's going to buy his, you know, all the things. So the younger you are, you have more time and you can put less per month and it will compound over time into this large amount. But the older you are, you have to put more per month. So a lot of times what happens is women come to me, they have great jobs, but they realize they need more. Mm. Right. So I have helped people start side hustles, Mm -hmm. businesses, all different, find other ways of bringing income in. And it's so important because that's what I did. Yeah, that was going to be another one of my questions. Do you have suggestions for people Mm -hmm. on side hustles and things that they could do to make money? Oh, yeah, there's so many things. And there's so many things out there that you don't even realize that you could actually make money doing. Mm -hmm. And most of the things are just something that you actually really enjoy. You know, it's not just go get a part time job at Starbucks. Right. You know, it's you can just start something. Even just something as simple as cleaning out your garage and selling things on Facebook Marketplace just to get things going. I've had people do that, make thousands of dollars. I did that for myself. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I was able to put the rent deposit down on this house because oh, I'm wow. renting. Yeah. You know, I had to find a way yeah. to get you money. Had to I had nothing. <laughs> I do you that know. for people too. I charge 10% to sell people's things on Facebook Marketplace. See? So. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many things that you can do. There's things that you can do without even thinking about it, just looking around your house, selling things, whatever. Then there's other things you can do starting a business or even just my son. He does things, too. He he at school. He one day we live in Atlanta. It's very hot here. 
And so oh, I live I... in Dahlonega, girl. We're in Oh, no way. way. Yeah. We're, yeah. Oh, amazing. <laughs> we're so, neighbors. I'm in Kemiswa, not too far. So um, it was hot one day and he made a fan. He just, you know, the folded fan with a piece of paper. And then one kid sitting next to him was like, oh, can I use your fan? And he was like, I'll make you one and sell it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I've taught him how to be an entrepreneur. I love it. And so, you know, little things like that of just something, if you're creative, you could make things and sell it. You know, little things. Just think of things deep within you that you enjoy. If you like organizing, you can organize people's things. You know, I love I love organizing. I'm like OCD to the max. <laughs> and everything has to be in its place, you know. And so all the th- you can just think of things that you enjoy. If you love to bake, if you love to cook, you know, you could teach. I know someone that I worked with who loved to cook. And she just went on Zoom and taught a cooking class on Zoom to people. And she made so much money just teaching these cooking classes of these recipes that she makes for her family. Right. Like there's so many things that you can do to make extra money. Yeah. So Easy. just basically so putting yourself out there and trying to see what what kind of hooks, right? Yeah. Yeah. But we do it in a very deliberate way. Like yeah. We don't just throw spaghetti at the wall and see if it sticks. We do everything <laughs> in a very deliberate way to make it work. <laughs> right. And then and the really great thing about um, doing both is being an employee and having a business. You get tax breaks and all types of things with that. And then also, I teach you the difference between your personal finances and your business finances, because taking care of the two are two very different things. And if you don't understand how to take care of your personal finances, you will completely run your business into the ground if you don't know how to do personal. And so your business finances are completely different. And so what I can do is teach you both. And then if you do start a business of some kind, I can teach you how to be profitable within your first year. Oh, wow. Yeah, because most businesses fail within the first two years. Exactly. That's usually how it projects. So yeah, that's because amazing. of the money management, usually. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you talk about the power of energetics in your application with money. Can you share what that entails? Mm-hmm. Money is simply energy. That's all it is. And we put money on a pedestal. Like it's so far out of reach, like it's for somebody else. And that's why we have that scarcity and lack feeling and the scared. So, so many people are afraid of money, which mm-hmm. is why we keep our heads in the ground and just hope that one day it'll just <laughs> fix itself. But it never does. Right. <laughs> right. So money is simply energy. It's just an exchange of goods and services. And at the end of the day, that's all it is. And you put the power on the money. It comes from in your head, right? So however you're feeling about money, which goes back to your money story, puts the power on money. So if you love money or if you hate money or if you're scared of money or however you feel about money, that's you. You're doing that to yourself, right? So that's why we reprogram it, right? So the energetics of money and just your energy as your own person and changing the way that your subconscious is thinking because that's the reprogramming part, right? We do all that. And I do a lot. I'm also a Reiki practitioner. So I do a lot Mm. of Reiki with my clients to clear out the money blocks. I also do past life regression hypnosis because a lot of the money stories come from past lives that are also stuck in our DNA, which Mm -hmm. is a completely fascinating subject. Mm -hmm. I also- It really is. I actually was researching that the other Mm -hmm. day and it was like, you had to go back and say to your past, 
ancestors like, hey, please mm-hmm. let this go. Yes. To kind of clear yourself. Yes. Because mm-hmm. it's a pattern that will just keep continuing unless you change it. Yeah. You have to physically change it yourself. And that's through your energy. I also use human design as well, because human design is your superpower. That is how you were designed to be as a human. And what happens is we're designed a specific way, just like our fingerprints, right? We all have unique fingerprints, right? Our human design is our superpower. And our design was actually created three months before we were born. And it's a really fascinating subject. So what happens is during that time that I spoke about between the ages of zero and seven, when we're conditioned, we start living in our conditioning, not as how we were designed. So I work with my clients with the power of human design and explain this is how you're designed to be. And this is how you can clear all those money blocks and fears through the conditioning because the the design tells you this is how you're supposed to operate, but you haven't been operating this way. You've been operating over here. Mm -hmm. And this over here is all the conditioning and telling you how you're supposed to be living because someone else told you, but you're supposed to be over here with your superpower. And so that's part of the repatterning and energy clearing and all of that. It's, it's amazing and it's fascinating. And once you can get through all of that and you work with, through that with working on your money, you become unstoppable. Yeah. And no one would ever think that your energy and your money go hand in hand. They do because all of our money decisions come out of fear. Mm -hmm. Every Mm -hmm. single money, especially the big ones. If you think about now that, you know, like I said before, you you can't unhear this now, right? So now the next big money decision that you're about to make, just stop and think about how you're feeling in the moment. How are you? Because your body's always talking to you. Mm-hmm. And it's usually with whispers and nudges and it's not, it's not, your, your brain isn't saying, Hey, Eileen, don't buy that. You know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's the little things like the hair standing up on your arms or you have goosebumps or you feel like you're going to throw up or you just, your heart starts beating really fast or you start to sweat or like these things that just happen in your body when you're trying to make a decision and that's your body talking to you. Those are the whispers and nudges. So you start paying attention to those and then learning through your human design what those mean and how you can actually use that to your advantage. Yeah, I love that. So what are some key components anyone can learn about money? Because some people go, I just don't get it. I can't do it. So... Maybe you you can touch on those kind of people. What key components can anyone learn? Even your 10-year-old. Everybody can do it. Everyone says I can't because they're afraid. Mm -hmm. The I can't comes out of fear. Mm -hmm. Whenever you tell yourself you can't, whether it's money or climbing a mountain or if you have a a fear of heights or whatever it is, you tell yourself you can't. Mm -hmm. And that's just the story you're telling yourself because you've conditioned yourself to think that way. But anybody can do it. Money is easy. Mm-hmm. And you're telling yourself you can't because you're afraid. That is it. 100%. Yeah. Cut and dry. Yes. And it's so true. It's so true. Because I held myself back for many years from a lot of my dreams because of fear. Yes. And what we want is on the other side of fear. And then we get stuck in the fear. And for how long you're stuck in the fear is up to you. Yeah. Right. So I always say, go all in on yourself. 
because no one in this world is going to change your life but you. This is a fact. So you have to make the decision to say, today's the day I'm going to do it because no one's going to do it for me. Just like we have to be the ones to advocate for our kids and their futures because no one's teaching them anything in school about this it either. This is so true. My daughter is a senior in high school. Now, in elective, only because we talk about money so much in the house, mm-hmm. econ speaks to her. So she's taking an econ class, but it's not required. It right. used to be when we were in school, you had to know how to write a check. You had to know how to read stock market. You had to know how to do all these things. And that has fallen way off. I never learned it in school. My school. You didn't? didn't no, not one bit. Wow. Not and- one bit. We never had a class. Wow. And I thought growing up, because I'm from rural Wisconsin, okay? Mm -hmm. The town I'm from was 700 people. My graduating class was 26 people. And so I thought, I was convinced I was getting a shitty education. But now hearing and traveling around, it sounds like I had a wonderful education. Yeah, it's amazing. Because I'm originally from Long Island, New York. Mm -hmm. And the schools there were amazing. And we Mm -hmm. lived in a town where we were in the top 10 schools of the whole state yeah and i had a great education but there were things that were not taught the things Mm. that i did learn were great but there definitely were holes and money was a huge one and i didn't know that my whole life until now because money is so important to our well-being our lives it's something we have to deal with the moment we're born why do you think they don't teach as much as they should in my opinion, I think it's like what I was talking about with the generations. So the generations keep changing, right? So my parents' generation, which I'm assuming is the same generation as your parents, um, they really didn't have to prepare as hard as we do as people for our retirement because my parents both have pensions. Mm. And so they never thought, well, hey, I really need to save extra, extra, extra money for my retirement because my company that I'm going to be with for 30 plus years and stay there for 30 plus years, which no one does anymore. Right. You know, they, people only stayed for the pension. Yeah. But now they don't offer pensions anymore. So my parents retired. They got their pensions. They kept their health insurance, all the things. Right. But now for us, that's not the case. No. So we are responsible for saving. So when school was invented, they didn't teach that, right? And then over time, all the patterns of school evolving and evolving, until just this last generation, no one needed to really save for retirement. And now people are struggling, thinking that what they're going to get from Social Security is going to hold them down. Meanwhile, Social Security is nothing. Right. It's nothing. It's supposed to be a tiny supplement to help you with, you know, little, it's, it's nothing, yeah, You know, you cannot rely on Social Security and who even knows if it'll be around later on. You know, we don't know. And you yeah. can't plan for that. The only thing that you can do is what you can control. Mm-hmm. And that is it. So working on what you can control for your future is all you can do. And if you're not going to have a pension or anything else that's coming to you, if you're, you know, a lottery winner or if you have this huge inheritance that you might be coming, if someone dies someday, who knows when they're going to pass away. You you can't rely on these things, right? right? The only thing you can rely on is you. Yeah. Right? And then you have to teach your kids because if you don't, then they're just going to be in the same pattern that you're in. And it will just keep going. Yeah, that's so true. So true. 
So tell everybody about your podcast and what you offer on there for listeners. My podcast, Moms Who Money, I do really short episodes for busy moms. So I pop on, I do a quick episode, maybe 15, 20 minutes, and I talk about one concept. And I do it in baby steps on purpose because Mm -hmm. I don't, when I learn something, I don't want to feel like I'm drinking from a fire hose. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because then we don't learn that way. And that's how I felt a lot when I was listening to other people talk about money and other things where it was just too much coming at me at once and I just couldn't absorb it. And then after I just felt like I learned nothing. Yeah. So I do little key concepts. I talk about money. I talk about mom life. I talk about spirituality. I talk about money mindset, all of it. And I just combine all of it. And it's amazing. I've got great reviews. Everyone loves it. People are begging me to continue. Good. <laughs> amazing. I'm putting it on my listening. Please do. List. I it's am. Awesome. Yeah. I love doing my podcast. It lights me up. Yeah. And you know what? I love talking about money. So I'm super enjoying this. So I can imagine your podcast is going to be everything that I'm looking for and more. Fantastic. <laughs> um, what programs do you offer and where can people find them? Okay. So I work one-on-one with my clients. I used to offer group programs and then people were begging me to look at their money and they, they wanted me to just have my eyes on their money. So I shifted. And so now I just work one-on-one with people so that I have my eyes on your money. We create your plan. We go through everything that we need to know. We create your goals. We figure out everything that you need to know to move forward, to set yourself up for life and then set your kids up for life. That's so awesome. It's amazing. And I love it. I love, I love that I get to do this every day. I love that I get to empower women with a financial education and then help their kids. It is the most amazing feeling in the world. And you can find me on my website, momswhomoney.com. And you can book a a schedule. You can, I can't even talk to, you can (laughs) schedule an appointment with me for a free consultation right on my website. You can also listen to my podcast right from my website, or you could listen anywhere that podcasts are streaming. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. On Facebook and Instagram, I am at Eileen Joy Money Coach. And on LinkedIn, I am Eileen Joy Moms Who Money. And I'm in my stories every day on Instagram having a lot of fun. And so please join me over there. It's a lot of fun. And if, if today's the day for you, if you're listening to this and you're saying to yourself, I need to fix this now, then get on my website and definitely schedule a consultation. Yeah. My, my schedule fills up really fast. Oh, I can imagine. I can yeah. imagine. I'm not letting you go quite yet. I have Uh-oh, here come questions. the questions. I knew it. I have some more. <laughs> so what are some good habits that people can get into in terms of healthy spending? Can you hit on just a couple? Yes. So the first thing that I always recommend is awareness. Mm-hmm. Because you need to be aware first before you spend a dime is to be aware of what's coming in and what's going out. Because how can you spend if you don't know how much you have? Mm-hmm. Right? That's why you're in debt. Because money has become air. I did a whole podcast episode on this. It's so fascinating. Money is now air. And if you really think about this really hard, over the years, money started back with cattle and chickens and all those things, right? With yeah. bartering. And now over time, it, it evolved into paper and coins. 
And now hardly anyone uses paper and coins anymore. And now it's just this little plastic card. Yeah. Or it's just add to cart on your phone. And you're not paying attention to what you're actually spending and how much you actually have. Many people don't even look at their accounts to see how much they have before they spend. And one of the things that is really sad is that while you're scrolling on your Facebook or your Instagram or whatever, all of a sudden, oh, look, I could buy that. There's a, an advertisement for this really cool thing that I don't need, but it's really cool. And then you just buy it and then keep scrolling. And then you see some other really cool thing that you don't need. And then you buy it and keep scrolling, right? So money has become air, mm -hmm. right? It's just, it's become meaningless, it's just, oh, whatever, I'll just buy that, put it on the card, put it on the card, put it on the card, yeah. put it on the card. And then all of a sudden you get this bill at the end of the month that's also air because it's paperless, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just this amount. Just a debit. <laughs> right, right. It's just a dollar amount of how much you now owe. And you don't even look at that. You don't go and look at the statement. You just see the number and you pay the minimum or whatever you can pay that month of, you know, whatever it is. Right. Because you just in your mind, well, this month I'll, I'll pay a hundred bucks, you know, whatever. And then you just move on with your life. But you're not looking at how much actual interest that they're charging you. Yeah. Right. And you're not looking at all of these things. So that is step one before spending a dime. Just awareness. Just yeah. sit down with yourself for five minutes, five minutes and just look at your bank account. Look at your credit card statements. Just look, just be aware. Take your head out of the freaking sand yeah. and just get on your phone and look. Paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, it is easy to do. Click, yeah. click, click, and then yeah. all of a sudden, where did all I that money go? I used to do it. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. All right. Do you see us transitioning into a complete electronic money system? Do you see cash being obsolete at some point it's already happening yeah it's already happening i really feel right now we're still we still have cash and we will for a while but over time i think it'll just be all air it, it and, just will yeah and so when it transitions to completely air do you think that people are going to struggle harder oh, yeah. yeah and if what you do don't you... fix it now it's going to be worse later yeah yeah and what do you think some of the good points of money turning to air are? Well, convenience, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, there are good and bad to both. There's pros and cons to everything. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's good to know the cash, the tangible, which is why I teach my son both, because you need to know both. And you, you learn better using cash when you're first learning about money because it's tangible and you can touch it and you can see it and you can learn how to count back change and you can pay more attention to it. And once you really understand how money works, then that moving over to the digital isn't as more, it isn't as hard to right. understand, right? For kids, really. Uh, but, you know, adults get it because we used to just use cash and then all of a sudden credit cards appeared and then it's now shifted. And there's actually a statistic that only 10% of paper money is actually used in the world right now. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah. It's really, it's shifting away from paper money. Most people really aren't using it anymore. So just really learning how to use your cash and understand how the money works and then paying attention to it even harder. Right. When you're using the digital because 
you really need to pay attention to it because if you're not looking at it, then it's just going to be the same cycle over and over and over again. And you're just going to stay in debt forever. Yeah. Yeah. I have a hard time understanding Bitcoin. I've been, <laughs> I've been researching it a bunch, but I really just, it, it's over my head. <laughs> can, do you have anything that you can explain a little bit maybe of what Bitcoin is, how it works? Bitcoin is a whole different currency that someone mm -hmm. created, like, you know, someone created money one day, right? Mm -hmm. And then it stuck, you know, and then we just went with it. And whoever it was back way, way when said, this is going to be money. Mm -hmm. And this is what everyone is going to use. Well, this person decided one day to make up their own currency, which is what has become Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. It's just a different kind of currency. And anyone that I will say, Anyone that does choose to invest in Bitcoin, it is like gambling because yeah, it is the, very it, volatile. It is. And that's it's, the part that I'm like, it concerns me. Yes. So if you are investing now, you should only take a very small amount of your money that you're investing. So most of your money should be being invested towards retirement, right? So taking all of your money towards retirement, taking maybe 3%, a tiny, tiny amount, maybe even less, depending upon how much money you make, right? And take that and gamble with it. Because crypto, the NFT, all the different, the newer stuff, it's so new, and it's very volatile, and we don't really understand it yet. And mm -hmm. we don't know everything about it yet. And every day it's up and down, like just like the stock market's up and down. Yep. But it's very different. It's a very different vehicle for investing. So with Bitcoin in this currency, one day it could be up, 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 up. And then the next day it could crash. Yeah. You know? And what a lot of people do with just investing in general is they don't know how to invest at all. And then they pay so much. It's funny because no one pays attention to their money, but they'll pay attention to the stock market. And it goes up and down and up and, and it freaks them out every yes. single day. And they panic and they see something goes down and then they sell it, which is the completely opposite thing that you should do. Right. right. So and because you don't understand what you're doing, that's why you panic. And that's the fear. Right. So all the decisions are made out of fear. You see what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So it's really just empowering yourself with the information and learning how to do your money. That's really it. It's just learning how to do your money and what you need for you and for your family and just understanding the little key concepts and then creating the plan just for you. Stop paying attention to the Joneses and everyone else and all the things and all of the Fuck noise. Fuck the Joneses! Exactly. The Joneses. You should name the episode. Fuck yes. the Joneses. Yes, I think I'm going to. I think that's going to be your opener on your promo. Fuck oh, the Joneses. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so... What advice do you have when somebody's looking for someone like yourself that they can rely and they can trust in yes. someone who's going to handle their money? Okay. First of all, I do not handle your money. I will not handle your money and I refuse to handle your money. Perfect. You will handle your money. So that is a key component is the person that you're looking for. Are they taking your money from you and playing with it like monopoly money or are they teaching you how to do it yourself? And that's huge. Yes. Also, you need to make sure that the person that you're working with is someone that you resonate with and someone that you feel you can trust and someone you actually like them, you know, because for me, I work with my clients in six month containers. We go six months at a time. So if you don't like me for six months, you're going to hate meeting with me. Right. So, <laughs> right. Right. That's right? a fact. Right. So 
find someone that you resonate with, find someone that speaks your language, find someone that, you know, can explain things on your level, you know, and that if you don't understand something, you feel comfortable saying, hey, you know what, I don't understand that. Because that's the reason why you hire a money coach, right? Not a financial advisor. Financial advisors do it for you. Yeah. If you ask questions, you might get an answer and then you might not understand the answer. (laughs) But a money coach will say, hey, let me help explain this to you so that you understand it so that you can take the information and then go teach somebody else. You know, that's how you should be able to understand. So when you learn something, you want to know it so well that you can tell someone else how to do it. Right. So that's how I teach so that you understand it so well that you can teach your kids like and teaching your kids, is, you know, you got to make it on a level that they understand. Yeah. Right. So that's how I teach my adults. I teach my adults, the moms in a way that I teach my son. So it's a very easy way to understand it. And then it becomes fun and then it's not hard anymore. And then you're not scared. And then you want to look at your stuff and then you get excited because your debts are going down, your bank accounts going up, you're getting closer to all the things are happening. You're saving thousands of dollars, but you're also paying off thousands of dollars at the same time. And it's something that you never ever thought that would become possible in your entire life. Like I still remember the first time that I forgot it was payday. That was such a weird day for me because I was always living paycheck to paycheck. And I was always saying to myself, I can't until I get my next check. Like right. that was like the mantra that was always in my head. I can't until my next check. And that, then that day I said, oh, wait a minute. It's payday. <laughs> huh? Wait, what? You know, it was like, it was yeah. the weirdest day. And so then from that day on, I never had to worry about it anymore. It was a completely different feeling within. It's the energy. My energy shifted, like everything, all about it and how you feel about money and how it becomes more flowy and you don't, it doesn't feel hard and stuck and gooey and hard and tar, like you're stuck in tar. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've been there too. I mean, sometimes I can't wait from one day to the next day because I work day to day. Right. So, and I get paid day to day. And so sometimes if I get a cancellation, it could be detrimental. To yeah, my and then budget. That, and that fear comes in of, oh, no, oh, yeah. when is my next client coming? Yeah. And right. then if I have two or three in a row, holy crap, they've just upset my entire existence. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's that paycheck to paycheck cycle. Yes. Right. So learning how to age your money and have your money. So the, the money you make today is going to be paying bills from two months from now. That's aging mm, your money. Yeah. So instead of having your paycheck already spent by the time you get it, what I teach you how to do is how to age your money. So you have money now that's paying bills two months from now. I love that. I've always wanted to be on that. So I think I'm going to hook up with you. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be my new best friend. Right. So we'll set up a consultation. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, do you have anything else that you would like to share with everybody? Just really be aware. That's really it. The awareness is where it all begins. Just start looking at your money. Yeah. Just start looking and then get help. Mm-hmm. Just get help because today's the day. You can't wait anymore. It's not going to fix itself. Yeah, I agree. Just jump on it. Jump on it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, Eileen, this has been wonderful. I really was like, oh my gosh, am I going to have enough questions to make an hour show? But this was wonderful. Yeah, we might. We may. And we may have to have you on again. 
um, because it's super important. A lot of people right now are struggling with the economic downturn and they're not sure how to go about things. So it's really important and it's important to teach our kids. Agreed. Yep. Thank you so much for being on with me. Thank you too. That was so fun. I love, I love talking about money. <laughs> if you liked this and other episodes, please click subscribe, like, and share so others can enjoy them too. Thank you so much for listening.